Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. This segment brought to you by Maine West Animal Hospital. Dog Talk with Dave McMahon on News Talk 610 CKTB. internet land this is the dog talk radio show we're the only radio talk show in canada that's 100 percent dedicated to dogs and to the people that own them just like you that being said i've had many people tell me that they don't even own a dog but they still enjoy what i bring to the show so i thought that was a very nice compliment I hope eventually you do get a dog. <laughs> your dog will be more true to you than some of your friends. What? Important to say that we are sponsored by Pet Food Outlet, 824 Ontario Road in the Rose City of Welland. We are also brought to you by the Maine West Animal Hospital, the Heartland Niagara Veterinary Animal Hospital, and the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. And hats off and a shout out to our good friend, Mark Montgomery from Invisible Fence of Niagara, keeping your dog safe on the property with their number one property boundary control system. I highly recommend Invisible Fence of Niagara for your property boundary control needs for your pooch. Tonight's show is gonna be jam packed as it always is. We're going to have a great time chatting with Jason Shute. Jason is a professional dog trainer, comes from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, the owner of Shute Balanced Dog Training. This guy is one interesting dude, I got to tell you. He enjoys hiking in jungles, which I would never do. You kidding me? I just wouldn't do it, right? You just never know what kind of trouble. I would get into. Trouble would find me if I was hiking in a jungle. But Jason, he loves to hike in jungles. He is an accomplished musician. He is an accomplished martial artist. Sixth degree black belt. He'll talk about that. He's a professional dog trainer, as I said, from Guelph, Ontario. Please say hello to Jason. Shoot, everyone. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jason. Good to see you. You're looking great for all the people that can see you. And your handsome face that are watching the live Facebook watch video on the 610 CKTB Facebook page and also the Dave McMahon's Dog Training Academy Facebook page. You can watch the live interviews of the show and you can see Jason right now. There is a happy man. Look into those eyes. <laughs> How you doing, brother? How you keeping? I'm doing great. Thanks, Dave. It's good to see you again. It's been too long, brother. Been a long time, brother. You're due to come down for a visit. At the Dog Academy, for sure. How many years has it been since we saw each other face-to-face? Uh, it's probably maybe been four years or so. Maybe Feels like five. longer to me. It's, it's Time flies. I just don't even know where it goes. 
quite some time. So you're still living in Guelph, Ontario, still operating shoot balanced dog training. Oh yeah. And congratulations on winning the best dog training uh, school in your zone. Congratulations, Jason, you deserve it. Well, thanks a lot, Dave. I, I appreciate that, especially coming from you because you are also a multi-time winner of that award in your region. Thank so, you. So we, yeah. we're, both, we're both there together, man. We're up on the podium together. That's right, my brother. And uh, important to say that you are a martial artist, musician, and uh, we had talked about it briefly, or I mentioned it in your intro. Uh, I know you've been doing martial arts since you were a kid. Yeah. But, but you're also a sensei, are you not? Yes, uh, I am, yes. Sixth degree. I mean, we're here to talk about dog training, but I wanted to give them a bit of background. You're a sixth degree black belt in? Filipino Escrima. Some people don't know what that is. So Escrima is the, the indigenous uh, Filipino martial art. Um, it, it, is, it is commonly considered uh, stick fighting. It's, a, it's sort of a, a, you know, a very cursory understanding of Escrima, but it really deals with it's a weapons-based system, so it's sticks, it's knives, it's open hands, it's submissions, it is takedowns, it is also some uh, some grappling, hand-to-hand -hand type stuff. So it's one of the most sort of complete of all the martial arts systems that's out there. Might be a silly question. They say there is no dumb question. Here we go. Have you ever had to use your skilled martial arts on a dog that came at you with vicious intent? No. Uh, I mean... Not, not in the in the sense of the true martial arts. Just yeah. evasion, control, footwork yeah. is very important when you're trying to evade a dog that's coming at you. Certainly, and you've been all over the world with dog training and with your passion for martial arts. And you also teach martial arts. You are a true sensei yourself. Yeah, I've been uh, I, I I've been teaching for a number of years here in Guelph. Um, I'm currently without a gym to train at. The, the, the gym where I've been teaching for years and years and years went out of business with COVID. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like a Ronin right now. You know, I'm a, I'm a martial artist without a home. So I just do my own thing. I have some private students. Uh, I occasionally and periodically do seminars at other martial arts gyms. Uh, but I, I'm, I, I don't have a regular gig in, the, in teaching that right now. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I thought that we could tell the story from when you and I met. So you and I met back in 2008 when you came under my wing to undergo a one-year intensive, intensive, uh, one intensive apprenticeship program to become a dog trainer, where when you were studying with me, we did obedience, personal protection, behavior modification, specialized scent detection. We had a lot of fun, by the way. I remember it just like it was yesterday. And since then, uh, once you finished my apprenticeship, you went on to study more about dog training with some very renowned uh, professional dog trainers in the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, where did you go to study after you left my school, the Dave McMahon Dog Academy? Who was your first stop after that? My first stop after that was uh, going to train with Michael Ellis at uh, his school in Santa Rosa, California. And um, I trained uh, probably about uh, two months uh, down there with all the courses I was doing with him. 
Um, and so I, I, you know, Michael's has his approach to dog training, which I, I really enjoy. So I trained with Michael for quite a bit. And then I went on to, um, study, uh, with Ivan Balabanov also, who's uh, one of the goats of the dog training, uh, world. And, um, I'm the sort of the first Canadian dog trainer to be certified by Ivan in his play-based uh, system of training called Training Without Conflict. Um, so I've sort of rounded out my, my perspectives and my skill set and my, my knowledge about dog training from starting with you and then sort of expanding out into, into other things as well. That's what I love about you. You're open-minded. You learn all the different methodologies and you keep growing and growing. And this is the kind of field dog training behavior management, behavior modification, dog psychology that you just keep learning and learning and learning. So back when you were with Michael Ellis, was this sort of a, did he take a group of apprentices under his wing or student trainers? Uh, was it one-on-one -on -one instruction? How did that go? Yeah, so the way that kind of the Michael Ellis School works is that he, he does uh, what they call a an intensive program, I think, which is like, a, it's, it's kind of like, it's like a year straight. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't do that because I couldn't afford to, to take a year out of my life and, yeah. and, and, and for dog training, which I was already doing professionally. So I, I opted rather than to go down and, and complete a variety of different independent courses. So I did, you know, a two week course here, two week course there, two week course there, uh, went down for another week, another week, and sort of basically sort of cumulative about, you know, two plus months altogether of, of courses that I did with Michael. Michael's very renowned. I hear great things about him and his academy. Yeah, yeah, and and in a great city too in California. I mean, it's great to be down there, and uh, you know, I could take the dogs that I was training down there out to the coast. You know, get some beach time in while and training at the beach, and and also you know hanging out with uh, with Michael and some really spectacular trainers from not only all over the U.S. but uh, all over the world. Really, he he attracts people from international. Uh, destinations like you wouldn't even believe. Yeah, I do believe it. I have heard, and uh, mm. it's a very impressive resume that he has. Yeah, so after is. Michael uh, Ellis, then you went to study under Ivan. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, so that was uh, that was that was potentially one of the the best experiences that, that I had, certainly in in the U.S. training with dogs. I mean, Ivan, as I said, is one of the goats. You know, he's he's one of the greatest of all times to do it. Um, and, and he has such a, a sort of a unique um, approach to dog training, which is, which is fascinating. Um, and, and I went down and I, I did his, Ivan, you know, Ivan's always sort of flown under the radar, right? I mean, he's in terms of his uh, public stuff. Yeah. Um, so he, this, the, he, he decided eventually that he was going to put a, do, put a course together for, you know, basically sort of, um, you know, giving out all his, his secret sauce, as it were. And um, he opened up that course, and I, I jumped right on it, and I was one of the first uh, people to sign up for that course. Um, that was a 10, 12-day course, and it was eight hours a day uh, for 12 days straight. And, wow, it was a pretty mind-blowing experience. Um, there was a, again, a, mostly American dog trainers, a couple of Europeans. I was the only Canadian and, uh, that was a really fascinating, um, dive into, um, you know, learning theory and, um, uh, 
techniques, methodology, uh, uh, cognition, studies galore from all kinds of uh, all, all the way through all the components of offering conditioning and very much based in classical conditioning. So a uh, fascinating course and a, a super interesting guy, really nice guy and an exceptional dog trainer. As a competitor, as an international competitor and world champion, Ivan kicks butt wherever he goes in the dog sports. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a two-time world uh, IGP champion, uh, 12-time uh, national American champion. He's been on the, he's competed 25 times, I think, in international competitions with the American IGP, uh, you know, formerly IPO Schutzen team. Um, so, and, and it just goes on and on and on. I mean, that's the tip of the iceberg for that guy. Yeah, yeah. Stay with us, Jason, and stay with us, audience. You're listening to Dog Talk. We'll take a short break. We'll come back continue my awesome conversation with Jason Shute. He's a professional dog trainer and the owner of Shute Balance Dog Training in Guelph, Ontario, Canada. I'm Dave McMahon, the owner of Dave McMahon Dog Academy. You're listening to 610 on CKTB. We'll be back right after this. The Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is excited to announce it will be opening on Saturday starting in May. The Niagara Canine Conditioning Center will be open for physiotherapy, fitness, weight loss, and swimming. Has your pet gained some winter weight? Enroll in their weight loss and fitness program with their nutrition and fitness specialist. Call now to book your appointment at the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center at 289-362-5900 or email info at canineconditioningcenter.ca. On the Fort Erie bound QW, still solid from Ford Drive to the junction, so look out for those delays going through Oakville and Burlington. We're problem-free all along the highways. However, in Niagara Falls, is construction ongoing between Lions Creek and McLeod in both left lanes. Meanwhile, on the 406, the northbound off-ramp to Geneva remains closed for construction as well. Now slow at the border, especially into the U.S., with a 20-minute delay on both the Queenston-Lewiston and the Peace Bridges for cars and for trucks, an 18-minute backup on the Peace Bridge. Check out the new BetRivers.ca online casino app. Play slots and table games with award-winning customer service. Experience the BetRivers difference, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Must be 19+. plus. I'm Miles Marcus, 610 CKTB. Time saver traffic next in 15 minutes. Forecast tonight, we do have some clouds and possible showers. Heavy at times, that will be blowing through. They should end shortly after midnight, maybe 20 to 30 millimeters in some parts of the region. That's how heavy the rain could be, down to a low of 5 overnight. Tomorrow, much cooler. Mix of sun and cloud, chance of a shower in the afternoon, a high of 9. Wednesday, we're looking at clouds, maybe some flurries, and just a high of 5. 8 degrees on Thursday with some sun. Can you believe it, Rex? It's walkie time. Fluffy, you just wanted to show off your new leash and collar from Pet Food Outlet. Mom and Dad are so happy about the great prices. I can't wait to see what they get me next time they go. Pet Food Outlet, 824 Ontario Road in Welland. Open Monday to Thursday, 9 to 7, Friday, 9 to 8, Saturday, 9 to 5, and Sunday, 10 to 5. Visit Pet Food Outlet on Facebook today. Pet Food Outlet, making pets and their people happy. 
Switching your car and home insurance to Bel Air Direct with an online quote could save you up to $750. So you can get up to 30 days of takeout or maybe up to two playoff tickets or even up to half a laptop. It's $750. It's up to you. Bel Air Direct. Conditions apply. This segment brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Now, more dog talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTV. There is a fly in my home studio where I broadcast from. I want to get him in a chokehold. I want to get him in a full Nelson. I don't know if I'm using the right lingo. But there's a fly that's really peeing me off. <laughs> he came in yesterday when it was so warm. It was so warm in the Niagara region. What was the weather like in Guelph yesterday, Jason? Can't hear you, buddy. so far. I can hear you now. Was it pretty warm yesterday? We had beautiful weather here. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was 23 degrees here in Guelph, man. Nice and hot. Hottest day of the year. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, we just had a good time. We had the grandkids over. You know, I got grandkids now. I'm an old man now. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> yeah. If you're just joining us, it's uh, Jason Shoot is with us. Shoot Balance Dog Training from Guelph, Ontario, Canada. Shooting the breeze here about his past and present experience. Uh, we're going to cover some ground here together. When you first apprenticed with me back in 2008, you had a beautiful dog named Jed. How long did Jed end up living to? That was one gorgeous dog. Yeah, he was a, he was a great dog. He, uh, he, he got cancer at about 10 years, 10 years old. And uh, so we, we kind of worked through that a bit. Ultimately, you know, he, uh, I had a, a vet come to the house and, and uh, euthanize him. Uh, to put him out of his sort of suffering, and uh, you know he died in my arms, man, um, which was which was really intense, but a really great dog. I have a new dog now called Pacho. Uh, Pacho is uh, also a cattle dog, and a and a fine fine animal, Dave. I got to tell you, he's just my ride or die. You know, great yeah, great. I've, se- I've seen some cool videos on Facebook that you've posted mm-hmm. of uh, of Paco. Is that how you say it, Paco? Pacho. 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 Yeah. And what does that mean, Pacho? What does that mean? Well, Pacho is uh, is a, a name that I, I sort of got from uh, Narcos. You've watched Narcos right. on Netflix? Yeah. Right? Pacho Herrera, right? Okay. Pacho Herrera, very flamboyant, one of the Cali cartel yeah. kingpins. Yeah. <laughs> and so the name is very fitting. It's great, man. It's a great dog name. Outgoing dog. Now, for those considering this breed of dog... Uh, you know, what would you tell them about the breed of dog for those that are considering? They might love the look of the dog. There's a lot of drive there. Is there anything you want to say about the breed? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's not for everybody. I mean, they are uh, genetically designed to be biters, right? They they bite their healers, right? So they bite the heels of cattle. That is what they've been selected for. So they have, they're, they're more nippy and mouthy, bitey than most other dogs, especially when they're puppies. Right, when they when they can't control those instincts, so um, you know be be prepared for a dog who's gonna do a lot of biting, uh, almost like a Malinois, like uh, that level of biting, you know, uh, yeah. especially when they're pups. They are notoriously a suspicious dog, um, and so they and, and and they they have a very sort of small circle of trust typically. 
So by that, they're, they're a bit aloof or a lot aloof, the way they kind of hang back. They're not like a lab or a golden retriever that comes right up to you. Hi, how are you today? No, they're not. They are. They, they have their people and they stick with their people. I mean, I, I'm off, often walking my dog and he's, he's a gorgeous looking animal. So a lot of people are attracted to him and want to ask me if they can pet him. They say, is he friendly? I'm saying, yeah, he's friendly, meaning he's not going to attack you, but he's also not going to let you pet him because... You're not me, and I'm I'm one of me and my family are the only people who can really, you know, touch that dog, right? Because he will, if he doesn't know you, he's automatically suspicious of you. He'll just hang out. You just don't exist to him. So yeah. uh, that's that's typical cattle dog behavior in my experience. Yeah, yeah. And so, what kind of training have you done with him so far? Some pretty extensive obedience. Yeah. Obedience like crazy, uh, lots and lots of obedience, and uh, I haven't done any. I haven't done any scent uh, work with him at all. Um, I've been kind of meaning to, but you know, you, sometimes sometimes you 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 don't get to all the stuff you want to get to. Um, I've been I've been focused mostly on just the obedience and and play, right? So I've really turned him into a real player, and uh, you know, a big part of uh, of how I like to play and, inter- and like interact and, and train with dogs is, is very much in a play um, style. Capacity. Yeah. So, so I've really sort of just been building up his motivation for play and communicating the objectives of all the games that we like to play together. Um, and then working in my obedience to that, that's almost exclusively how I, how I train him now is just while we're playing. Now you're big time into hiking. I know you've hiked in oh. jungles. I'm not sure if you've hiked with this particular dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, in jungle, you have, eh? Yeah, not in jungles, but no. but in locally here in Canada, yeah, absolutely. We we hike, Dave. I would say we hike probably three hours a day, on average. Yeah, that doesn't include all the other stuff I do with him. But we are out cruising around, uh, bushwhacking and, and and off-roading and freestyling out of the woods uh, at least three hours a day. You get, he gets everything he needs. There's no doubt about it. And more. Now, I know you've been teaching seminars over the years in India and Indonesia. Any plans for any uh, upcoming uh, seminars? Abroad? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, uh, I mean, I, I obviously with, with COVID and stuff, I haven't been really doing much international travel. Um, I have, uh, I have um, you know, sort of extended uh, invitations to return to the Philippines and, and do a more expansive, um, you know, seminar tour there. Uh, when I was there in 2019 was my last trip to the Philippines. I think I did about eight or ten seminars with uh, you know within about a month or so, and so cool. they uh, in, in a couple of different islands. And so um, I have a, an extended invitation to return and sort of do that on, on, a, on a sort of a bigger scale. Um, I've also been invited back to India where I was uh, teaching seminars in, in New Delhi. And um, they want me back there to do more of that stuff as well. So I have, I have invitations. Um, I just have to figure out how I'm going to make it happen. Aside from your passion of dog training, martial arts and music and many other things and the outdoor activities, I know you're a big time foodie like myself and you love the ethnic food. Oh, the yeah. food that you have tried in Asia and India. Oh, and I've seen the pictures you've posted on Facebook course i'm drooling <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah dave uh, i mean one of the one of the, the the wonderful things about traveling internationally right of course is the 
food and it and 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 experimenting with stuff that you've never even heard of um and and so it's it's that's all part of it right i mean that's one of the wonderful things about travel is 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 trying new things right and being open minded to 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 experiment with stuff and as a foodie like you uh it's it's not a big task uh, you know, you, I can I can eat from place to place to place, and that's a big part of what I do when I'm traveling. Man, is just eating a lot. And you know a lot about health. Like when I first mm. met you, when you came to apprentice under me, at that time you were a manager of a health food store. Yeah, you, I was. You know that. a lot about health. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 a healthy guy. I'm I'm a fit guy. I I, I really believe in in, in in eating well and and uh, staying strong and fit. That's uh, that's just a part of my lifestyle that got instilled into me at a very young age to my with my parents who set me up with great habits like that. Uh, but that's just you know you 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 make it your own and then it becomes your lifestyle and then it's hard to do it. I mean, um, it's hard not to, to not to eat right. It's hard not to to, to exercise right. You're a meat eater. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm an omnivore, so for sure. I will. I would say that um I, I would say that probably eighty percent of my diet is vegetarian. Okay. And twenty percent would be would be a variety of meats. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, you're keeping fit. And how old are you now, Jason? Fifty-one. 51 you're over a half a century old yep. i love it you've made it yep. so far <laughs> 51 strong ah that's awesome now have yeah. your siblings i know you've got some siblings have they ever gotten into dog training to some extent aside from maybe taking instruction from you are they into animals as well well you know um my my brother i have a brother here in guelph and my brother and my sister-in-law about a year or so ago got a one of the filipino aspens so this is a, a breed of dog from the philippines um which is a super cool dog i've done a lot of work with these dogs in the philippines um cool. I've, got, I've got some really cool videos on my youtube channel about the work i've done over there with dogs but uh, they just got a, a Filipino Aspen about a year ago, and they are currently in class with me in my my intermediate advanced level, and so I'm helping them out as much as they as I can, and they're doing a, such a great job with their dog. I've um, never seen this breed in person. I've only seen mm -hmm. the breed online. I've never actually mm -hmm. had the, the the you know the the pleasure of meeting the breed in person. It's not a very popular breed. No, it's not a common breed. I mean, I I would imagine because you I mean you have a lot of You've got one of the busiest dog schools probably in the country. I'm, I'm assuming, and you, you've probably seen almost every breed of dog come through your doors at one time or another. Practically. So, so I'm, I'm very surprised that you have not come across an Aspen. Although they're, they're not a common breed, but if anybody would meet one, I thought it would probably be you, Dave. Yeah. No, I hope to someday. I really yeah, do. I hope to someday. Cool. So. They're cool. So you have to bring. They're like pot cakes. You, you know, you, you get pot cakes in, in your in yeah. your training school all the time, right? Yeah, they're, tons they're, of pot cakes from the rescue groups. Yeah, they're like pot cakes. They're basically like a, an Asian pot cake, right? The pot cake's more of a <laughs> Caribbean dog, right? But it's yeah. that same, you know, this this sort of type of dog emerges all over the world, you know, and in, in, in South Central America, in the Caribbean, in Southeast Asia, in India. It's, it's the same sort of type of you know, 25 to 35 pound dog, curly tail, short coat, you know. Playful. Um, pretty playful. Super for sure. intelligent. Yep, yep, survivors. Yeah. 
We're going to take a short break. I'll come back, continue my conversation with professional dog trainer Jason Shute, owner of Shute Balance Dog Training in Guelph, Ontario, Canada. I'm Dave the Dog Man. You're listening to Dog Talk on 610 CKTB. We'll be right back. Why do so many local pet parents entrust their cherished companions to Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital in Niagara Falls and Maine West Animal Hospital in Welland year after year? Simple. It's the way they treat their patients and the people who love them. Both clinics help make pet care affordable and offer financing to qualifying clients. Visit today for your annual flea and tick parasite prevention. For information, visit Maine West Animal Hospital at mainwestvet.com and Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital at niagarafallsanimalhospital.com. Can you believe it, Rex? It's walkie time. Fluffy, you just wanted to show off your new leash and collar from Pet Food Outlet. Mom and Dad are so happy about the great prices. I can't wait to see what they get me next time they go. Pet Food Outlet, 824 Ontario Road in Welland. Open Monday to Thursday, 9 to 7, Friday, 9 to 8, Saturday, 9 to 5, and Sunday, 10 to 5. Visit Pet Food Outlet on Facebook today. Pet Food Outlet, making pets and their people happy. Ford are driving through Oakville and Burlington and expect some 40 rebound QW volume to continue from Ford Drive to the 403 Junction. We are problem-free on the highways. However, on the QW through Niagara Falls, look out for construction between Lions Creek and McLeod still in the left lane. That still continues until November as well. Now, at the border, things have eased off a bit, but it's still a 16-minute wait on the Queenston-Lewiston Bridge for cars to the U.S. and for trucks to the states, a 14-minute backup on the Peace Bridge. Interested in helping youth girls become strong women? Fab Foundation is looking for a volunteer treasurer for their board. For more info, visit fitactivebeautiful.ca. I'm Miles Marcus, 610 CKTB, Tom Saver Traffic. Forecast tonight, we do have some clouds and possible showers, heavy at times that'll be blowing through. They should end shortly after midnight, maybe 20 to 30 millimeters in some parts of the region. That's how heavy the rain could be, down to a low of five overnight. Tomorrow, much cooler. Mix of sun and cloud, chance of a shower in the afternoon, a high of nine. Wednesday, we're looking at clouds, maybe some flurries, and just a high of five, eight degrees on Thursday with some sun. The Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is excited to announce it will be opening on Saturdays starting in May. The Niagara Canine Conditioning Center will be open for physiotherapy, fitness, weight loss, and swimming. Has your pet gained some winter weight? Enroll in their weight loss and fitness program with their nutrition and fitness specialist. Call now to book your appointment at the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center at 289-362-5900 or email info at canineconditioningcenter.ca. This segment brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Now, more dog talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTV. Welcome back to Dog Talk, everyone. I'm Dave, and I'm here with Jason Shute. Jason is a professional dog trainer from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, owns and operates the award-winning Shute Balanced Dog Training in Guelph. 
Jason, are you doing the group and private classes? Are you doing more of one than the other? What's happening? I'm doing uh, probably, you know, eight, eight group classes a week. Um, and then I'm doing privates um, the rest of the, the you know, all, every day. Yeah, right? every I'm day. You're busy, busy. Yeah, yeah. I work seven days a week, Dave. I'm, 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 and I'm, I'm booked out now till probably September at this point. Like people have reached out to me, right, asking if I know anyone in the Guelph or London area, and I send them to you. A couple of people said, yeah, we appreciate that, uh, but we got to wait a while. I guess you're like really busy, so that's good to hear. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, as busy as I can be right now. Now, where do you stand with training callers nowadays with your clients? For example, at our school, we use flat buckle callers, martingale callers, and we use the Herm Springer prong callers. So mostly we use those callers, flat buckle, martingale, prong callers. But there's times where we will use a harness if we're teaching a a dog to go upstairs and he's resistant or even a dog that's lagging and shy. I mean, you know yourself, there's different reasons where maybe a harness might come in handy. Are you, Jason, using any slip collars or are you using any of the collars that uh, you learned to use way back in 2008 when you were apprenticing with me? Yeah, I'm not really using any slip collars. No. Uh, I don't. I don't really use harnesses unless... Uh, there, there's something specific that might call for that. Like, you know, if you were, if you were doing some, some tracking, some scent work, uh, you know, bite work, that type of stuff, right. Then that's, that, that's super appropriate or, or you're trying to get a dog to pull for some reason, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, harnesses would be appropriate for that. Um, and, and prong collars. Yeah. I use, uh, my, I, 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 I try to start all dogs that I work with on the Martingale collar. And I try and go as far as I can with the martingale. And if that's if that works for people, then let's stick with that. If that doesn't work, um, then we go to sort of like the next level of collars. So yes, prong collars uh, periodically. Um, uh, Starmark collars are also a, a, a kind of collar that I'm favoring a lot these days because I find it's kind of in between the it, it's in between the martingale and the prong somewhere in there. So I like the Starmark. Um, That's the plastic. For those that don't know, when Jason said Starmark collar, if you don't know, that's the plastic prong collar. It looks like mm -hmm. pieces of Lego. They're usually blue, aren't they? Yeah, they're blue, black, typically. Yeah. They make a nice one now with a very easy little sort of like quick release clip, which I, yeah. which I like. Uh, I find that's a bit better for a more sensitive dog. Uh, but also, you know, ultimately, you know, we're using these tools to, to really sort of kind of neutralize right that's the that's kind of the main thing so if you were asked to describe your training philosophy or your methodology if someone was to call or email you and maybe strike up the conversation like maybe let our listeners know jason about your methodology and philosophy of training if you wouldn't mind i know you're very engaging and you incorporate a lot of play into the training which i think is very cool and very important but if you mm -hmm. can run with that i'd appreciate it Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I would, I would probably say that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a reward-based balanced style dog trainer, right? So I, I, I'm primarily, you know, using as much reward as, as, as we, as we need, right. To, to motivate a dog we're ultimately it's about motivating the dog and, and getting the dog to want to do the stuff that we're asking them to do. 
Uh, we're not trying to force dogs to do stuff that they don't want to do. We want to make it an excellent, awesome learning experience for nice them. Nice, right? positive experience. Absolutely, right? So this is part of how we how we motivate them. And, and that can be with food reward. That can be with play. That can be with engagement and movement and all this type of stuff. Even when I'm using food, I like to really deliver that food in a very playful way. So rather than just sort of jamming it down the dog's throat, I want to I want to get the dogs to move for it, chase it a little bit, chase me with it. Um, you know, lots of dynamic releases for food and stuff like that. Um, so so basically, you know, it's about it's about uh, you know being clear with the lesson, right? Communicating clearly, being consistent, being timely with our our our, our markers and our feedback, as well as with the rewards and. That's kind of what we're looking at. I mean, it's uh, it's dog training. You're using very little compulsion. Mm-hmm. You're making it fun for the dogs. Mm-hmm. You're using a variety of reward. Mm-hmm. Engagement is a big part of it. Yep. A lot of stimulation. Yes. Making it fun for the owner as well. Well, it's got to be fun for the owner too, right, Dave? Of course. I mean, because it's a, it's a team effort. And ultimately, it's the owner who's, who's teaching their dog. And, and really, the dog training business is a lot about teaching people what they need to do with their dogs it's a is it not as you've told me before it's it's uh you know it's not just the dog training business it's also a people business right it certainly is and so this is what it's about i mean the humans have to be on board they have to enjoy what they're doing and the more fun that they're having while they're training their dogs and the more the dogs are enjoying interacting with their humans then it's a it's a team effort that's ultimately going to make that successful Next, I'd like to read something, Jason, that is in your words, from your mouth. And, uh, you know, we've got so many uh, people nowadays seeking service dogs, emotional support dogs. There's a lot of service dogs and emotional support dogs. Uh, Stories being written in all over the place. And we get calls every week. Do you train service dogs? Do you train emotional support dogs? And, uh, and Jason, uh, this, is, this is in Jason Shute's uh, own words. Here we go. Service dogs. Uh, if a service dog does, uh, does not have the opportunity to express their dogness or have the chance to fulfill their instinctive genetic drives, then that is not a job. This is a life of boring, soul-numbing servitude. Wow. Beautifully said. Those are your words. I couldn't have said it better myself, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you did, my brother. I I thought I'd read that. Uh, Do you believe that a lot of service dogs are getting the short end of the stick on this? No pun intended. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the service dog is, is a huge, uh, there's a huge spectrum of, of actual, jobs in the service dog industry right so um i i I, although on one hand uh, you know i i like the idea that you know dogs are able to help people and dogs are able to provide give you know uh provide people with more freedoms and companionship that when they need it uh but i question frequently whether it's the right thing for the dogs themselves um you know our, our i feel that our main priority as dog guardians is to be able to uh, fulfill our dogs on as many levels as possible. Um, We know that 
dogs need to be fulfilled on, on, on so many levels so that they have the opportunity to express their, their genetic drives, their biological drives, their, their emotions, um, all these type of things, right? And, and I find, uh, depending on, again, where that dog would fall in and what job they're actually doing for a client human, a lot of the dogs, uh, many of the dogs, some of the dogs, are limited to what they can actually do as, as an actual dog, meaning a lot of the times the, the, the emphasis is put on keeping dogs absolutely neutral to other dogs and people, right? There's a lot of emphasis put on that. And a lot of the dogs that are used in the service dog industry, of course, are the most social dogs ever created genetically, right? The, the yes. lab, the goldens, that type of stuff, right? So we're asking them to, to not be social with other dogs, not be social with people. Um, a lot of these dogs who are, depending on, on the work that they're doing, of course, there's a big spectrum out there, right? But f if, the, if the dog is uh, not given the opportunity to play, to run free in the woods, to hit the beach, to go for a swim, to yeah. live the life of that, that a dog should be living, then I question uh, certainly the, uh, the potential ethics of that choice. And, and that, to me, is more servitude. And I guess that's what a service dog is in, 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 by definition. But there are, there, there are levels of that that I think are, are, are we, we have to really take into account the emotional state of the dogs, not just using them as tools. And many, and very well put, by the way, very well put, Jason. I, I totally agree with you. And so very often the dogs that are service dogs, not in all cases, we're not saying in every case, but quite often. Many service dogs are living a life of enslavement to their mm -hmm. owners and their own personal needs, the dog's own personal needs, may not be met because the needs of the owner come first. Mm -hmm. So the and dog it, is foremost a tool to help the owner with everyday life. And... So there's, there's pros and cons. There's good and bad. I know a lot of service dogs that do get to go for a swim. They do get to go for a hike. But uh -huh. you're right. There's many that don't. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I think it, it really depends on, on the context. I mean, for sure. I, I, I know service dogs who, who, who live great lives, have very fulfilling lives. I, I mean, I've trained some of them myself. Yeah. So I know. Um, uh, but there are others who don't, right? And, and so it, I think it depends on, on A, what type of work they're doing, what are the needs of their client human, right? Um, and what is, the, what is the situation of that client? So are there people who, uh, do they have a family or, or, or a network of people who can also fulfill that dog? Uh, or are they simply, you know, bound to that one human and that is their sole source of interaction and and and, and basically exposure to the world um, so I think it really depends on, on, on a variety of factors there but in all cases in, in, in all cases I mean my 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 I'm on the side of the dogs right first yes and foremost, right which and every so, good trainer should be of course and uh, so that that's the the main thing for me I, I want to see I want to see the dogs uh, living happy, fulfilling, contented lives, and if they're not get, if they're not having the opportunity to do that, uh, then I, I, I question if the dog should be in that type of work. If they are getting having that opportunity, then great. 
Have a great time. We're going to break for a minute, then we're coming back. It's talking to me. From Guelph, Ontario, professional dog trainer Jason Shute from Shute Balanced Dog Training will be back with me, Dave McMahon, on Dog Talk right after this. Can you believe it, Rex? It's walkie time. (laughs) Fluffy, you just want to show off your new leash and collar from Pet Food Outlet. Mom and Dad are so happy about the great prices. I can't wait to see what they get me next time they go. Pet Food Outlet, 824 Ontario Road in Welland. Open Monday to Thursday, 9 to 7, Friday, 9 to 8, Saturday, 9 to 5, and Sunday, 10 to 5. Visit Pet Food Outlet on Facebook today. Pet Food Outlet, making pets and their people happy. Why do so many local pet parents entrust their cherished companions to Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital in Niagara Falls and Maine West Animal Hospital in Welland year after year? Simple. It's the way they treat their patients and the people who love them. Both clinics help make pet care affordable and offer financing to qualifying clients. Visit today for your annual flea and tick parasite prevention. For information, visit Maine West Animal Hospital at mainwestvet.com and Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital at niagarafallsanimalhospital.com. This segment brought to you by Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital. Now, more Dog Talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTB. Welcome back to Dog Talk, everyone. I've had some great conversation with Jason Shute in the past hour right here on the Dog Talk radio show on 610 CKTB. It's been great catching up with Jason. Jason, how young will you take puppies into your private lessons or group classes do you have a minimum age i have a minimum age for my my group classes dave which is 16 weeks yeah that way they've had their puppy boosters yep and they're out of of the critical development period roughly and 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 things are smooth sailing from there um i for for private lessons i mean i i'm i'm typically open to, to helping people with their puppies as soon as they get them at, you know, eight, nine, 10 weeks. Right. I mean, a lot of people are, are really challenged with uh, a lot of the puppyhood behaviors and, and uh, struggle with that. And I have, uh, I'm, I'm very able and willing to help them through some of that, that, those, those early puppyhood challenges. One of the greatest achievements a trainer can achieve is recommendations or any business when you get recommendations from your happy clients referring their friends and co-workers to you and I know you have a lot of people recommending you to their friends and family mm-hmm. um, we get a lot of veterinarians here in the Niagara region recommending my services to their patients and I imagine you must get veterinary referrals veterinary clinics in the Guelph area recommending you Yes, many of the, in fact, most of the the vet uh, the veterinary practices in, in in my area recommend me for sure to their clients. What's your take on dog parks? Is it the same as mine? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I I don't know that it's the same as yours. I um, I mean, it's 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 sometimes it is, sometimes it is, and I think it just depends on on what on, depends on a, on, a, on a variety of factors for me. Um, I think it's for a lot of people who don't get the opportunity to get their dog off leash anywhere else. Um, I think it's okay, right? Give the dog a fenced in area to rip around, run around, play with some other dogs. Of course, anytime you're, you're going to a dog park or interacting with your interacting dogs off leash, you are playing Russian roulette, 
Yeah. So there are going to be pros. There are going to be cons. You could have a good day. You could have a bad day. Dog parks are either basically a utopia or a dystopia, depending on your experience. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I always tell my my two legged disciples at the Dave McMahon Dog Academy, stay out of dog parks. There's too many variables. You're playing Russian roulette. Another dog pins your dog down on the ground. It, it really hurts the psyche of your dog. And I always tell people, try and do more, um, you know, activity with your dog, hiking and training and interactive stuff. I tell people it's important that your dog socialize with other dogs. I tell them that they should pick their dog's friends carefully, only allow friendly, sane dogs to play with their friendly, sane dog. <laughs> that's pretty much my story. <laughs> but that's great advice, Dave. I mean, that's that's solid advice, right? For sure. What have you been doing with feeding your dog, uh, Jason? Have you dabbled in the raw food? Are you feeding raw? I don't even know what you're doing with food. Do you feed a commercial kibble? Yeah, I feed a commercial, high-quality, uh, balanced kibble. Um, I, I have, I have, tr- I have um, experimented with raw food in the past uh, with other dogs, and um, currently I'm just using kibble. I, I mean, I'm not really... I'm not really obsessive about the whole food thing the way that a lot of people are, uh, a lot of trainers especially, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the way that I see it is if, if your dog likes it, if it is nutritionally sound, it is good quality nutrition, and it agrees with their system, then that's, that's basically, if you check those boxes, uh, bon appetit. Now, I'm going to guess the answer is yes for my next question. You're in favor of cannabis for dogs in the sense of CBD and its medicinal properties to help dogs depending on the ailment. True or false? True. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm curious because some of the, before uh, cannabis was legal in Canada, the, the pet stores, there were a number of pet stores selling a CBD product yeah. that, that was low grade at best. Right. And and so now, I mean, the 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 finding a good quality CBD, I mean, maybe you could recommend something. Uh, I've been I've been trying to talk to clients about it. The the good stuff you can get at the dispensary, the human grade stuff is great CBD, but it also has like uh, it has some percentage points of of THC in that, which is obviously toxic for dogs. And we we want them to avoid that. Good company is called Petables. Petables. Yeah. Eric Straitman's buddy owns Petables. So okay. check out Eric Straitman dog training as well and check out Petables. He's a, he's a buddy of his, but that's a good company. Jason, thank you, buddy. Always great talking to you. Jason thanks, shoot balanced dog you. training. Jason shoot from Guelph. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. Dave. Good to see you. Take care, man. Have a good one. Have yourselves a dog gone. Great night, everyone. I'm Dave McMahon. Thanks for listening to dog talk. Thank you to my producer, Mr. Greg Campagna. Good night, everyone.